Hello. We're sorry that this episode has been delayed in its release. We had some complications and have had to re-record. Hello, I'm Anika. And I'm Ulvi, and you're listening to YA Book. In today's episode, we'll be talking about One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. So, how are you? It's been an interesting couple of weeks, I would say. I think your life has been a little bit crazy lately, huh? Yeah, it has. Yeah, mine has been pretty normal. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. What books are you reading? Well, I'm reading Dune right now uh, by, I think, Frank Herbert. And it's it's actually pretty good. I'm really not that into fantasy and sci-fi because sometimes I find the world building difficult to process, all the names and places and the history. But once I've gotten into it, it's really interesting and Dune's no different. It's it's sort of political, but it's also a tale of like different stuff like power. It's it's a good book, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Is it like Lord of the Rings? Because I started Lord of the Rings and I didn't like it that much. It's been compared to Lord of the Rings and I'm finding it a little bit similar too in just how good it is in terms of the world building and the journey. But the difference oh. is that uh, Lord of the Rings is fantasy and this is sci-fi. So oh. this is more futuristic and Lord of the Rings oh. seems to be set in like early Earth. So There's also a new movie. Yeah, starring Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. Yeah. I'm reading uh, Leia on the Offbeat, which you gave me. Oh. It's yeah, it's a sequel to Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Which we both loved. Yeah. Honestly, and this book is so sweet. I can feel a connection with it, you know? And Leia's like this high school girl who doesn't know what she's going to do in life. And it's a very sweet love story. I loved it too. Okay. So, shall we get on with it? Sure. So, here's the trigger warning. If you just want to listen to the podcast without reading the book and you don't have any context... Uh, there are suicidal themes, there's mental and emotional abuse, there's violence. There's a lot of stuff that may trigger people, so if you're not comfortable with any of those things, or you're listening with somebody who isn't, maybe use some discretion, don't listen, or come back later, or something. Yeah, so uh, spo- I'm gonna summarize the story for you now. Uh, there's a spoiler warning. If you're planning to read the book, don't listen to this podcast. We're going to talk about everything that happens in the book. Here's the summary. There are four kids who are the main focus of the story. They all have secrets they don't want to get out. They get stuck in detention with Simon, the creator of a high school gossip app. He dies, allegedly murdered. Many, many people in school hate him. The four kids form connections. Two of them get romantically involved. They pick apart the case piece by piece and figure out Simon and Jake who used to be with Addie, were very different from what people thought they were. Simon was obsessed with school shootings and wanted to do something more interesting, so he killed himself and framed it on those four. Moving on, um, here are a few songs that we thought embodied the book or like relationships. So one of them that both of us thought is Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift. It's from her Reputation album. Yeah, so if you look at the lyrics of Look What You Made Me Do, it's like, I don't like your little games, I don't like your tilted stage, the role you made me play of the fool, no, I don't like you. 
So basically, Simon, he does run the school's gossip app, but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily accepted. He's an outcast and he doesn't like the way society works. So he decides to do something about it. Look what you made me do. Yeah. And I think Look What You Made Me Do really shows how much hatred Simon has towards those four because he thinks that they took away from him things that he wanted, that he thought that he deserved. So Look What You Made Me Do is a perfect song. Yeah. Moving on to Addy and Jake's story. So like we mentioned before, Addy and Jake were dating and then there were complications in their relationship. So they broke up. And the song that we thought perfectly represented their relationship was Favorite Crime by Olivia Rodrigo. And the lyrics for that is, And I watched as you fled the scene, doe-eyed as you buried me, one heart broke, four hands bloody. Yeah, so this kind of represents the relationship. Jake kind of made a lot of decisions for Addy and she didn't have as much free space in the relationship to make her own choices sometimes. So I think this really embodies that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So the last song that I thought would be a perfect fit for Bronwyn and Nate's relationship is Fireproof by One Direction. It's from their four album, which came out in 2014. So the lyrics are, I'm feeling something deep inside. Hotter than a jet stream burning up. I got a feeling deep inside. It's taking, it's taking all I've got. Yeah, it's taking, it's taking all I've got. So this kind of shows a relationship that are meant to be together. Their end game and they're going to make it till the end. That's what the song is about. That was the one of us's next reference. Yeah, it was. So those are all our songs that we thought would embody the different things in the book. Now moving on to favorite paras. Okay, so my paragraph is on page 137 if you have the book. So just for context, once the four have been accused of murder, there are a lot of policemen and teachers and people who want to talk to them. And one day their principal, Principal Gupta, she calls them to her office and she's like, I want to talk to you. And in the middle of the conversation, she has to go attend to something. And while she's gone, the Bayview Four is there called have some discussions and they realize that, you know what, they need to go. They aren't comfortable with all this interviewing. So when she comes back, they tell her that this conversation is over. They wouldn't like to stay any longer. Cue the paragraph. It's important you know this door is always open to you, she says. But we're already getting to our feet and opening the door ourselves. So this is actually my favorite paragraph because although I'm sure the author didn't mean it as a metaphor of any kind, I still feel like it symbolizes the entire book. Basically, these four people have been framed for murder. They all look very suspicious and everybody's just trying to get one of them to cave and just admit to it. But none of them have done it. So eventually, they pick up the pieces themselves and find out who the murderer is by themselves. So I feel like this paragraph kind of symbolizes that. Yeah, it does. Uh, It shows that they don't take anyone else's opinions like they're just going to do whatever they feel is right yeah that's a very nice paragraph i have two favorite paragraphs one is at the end of the book the last two paragraphs it's um for context it's a few months after everything's happened and bronwyn and nate are broken up but they still love each other so this is a conversation between them 
Thanks for not telling me to get lost. I'll wait to hear from you, okay? Whenever you're ready. Okay. I move past him toward my parents' car and feel him turn to watch me. I finally let myself smile, and now that I've started, I can't stop. That's okay, though. I catch his reflection in the backseat window, and he can't either. So, this paragraph kind of showed Nate and Bronwyn's relationship. As I mentioned before when I was talking about Fireproof, their endgame, it's a relationship that will stay strong and they're meant for each other. So I thought these two paragraphs were a really good ending to the book. So the next few lines, it's not exactly a paragraph, is on page 230 if you have the book. It's in Cooper's perspective. And here it is. I just left out the part about being in love with him. I can't admit that to anybody yet. That is not a phase or experimentation or distraction from pressure. So I thought this paragraph was really sweet. So Cooper and Chris, another guy, are dating, but nobody nobody knows that yet, and he's not ready to tell anyone. This just shows that when you love someone, nothing else matters. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of people kind of accuse uh, people in the LGBTQIA plus community of it being a phase or like all of that stuff that Cooper says. And I think that, you know, if you love somebody, you love somebody. It doesn't matter like who they are. And if you are a certain gender or a certain way, that doesn't really matter. And people need to stop judging other people for like who they are. So yeah, I think this paragraph really speaks that. That was a really strong statement and I completely agree with that. Okay, so here are a few strong opinions we had about the book. So I loved Addie's development through the story. Uh, at the beginning, she was a bit passive in Jake and her's relationship, and Jake made most of the decisions. But as it goes on, she becomes more independent and kind of shows her inner self and how she can be by herself without needing anybody. And I love that about her. I think she really becomes stronger and and determined throughout the story. It's a, it's a really nice character arc. Continuing in this vein, I didn't like Jake's character through the story for reasons I mentioned above, like him making Addie be the passive person in the relationship. I think he could have handled that better. I agree with that, but I also think that Jake had some justifications. Like, as a human being, he did mention that his parents had a kind of rocky relationship uh, due to reasons similar to the ones he and Addie went through. And so that made him really angry when he found out about, like, the things that Addie had been doing, um, which he didn't like. And because of that, I think, although his actions were not at all justified, he basically helped Simon kill himself, and he didn't do anything about it. He He just went completely off the rails, and that wasn't okay at all. But I do think that... He he did have issues of his own and although he did make a lot of decisions for Addy and although their relationship was a little lopsided, I do think that maybe Jake wasn't so bad after all. It's just he made some really, really wrong decisions about it and handled it wrong. I agree that he handled it wrong. He definitely could have treated Addy better and maybe shown her a bit of respect in their relationship. He did. He did show a lot of respect. It's just that he did it in a kind of patriarchal manner. 
like he he was really nice to her in terms of like he was really sweet all the time and he was very caring but then at the same time he did do it in a way that kind of like held her in this mold which she couldn't break free from so there's this one instance in the book to back this up in which she's wearing a sort of shapeless cardigan they're going to a beach party and it's going to be cold and she comes downstairs to meet Jake and he says go change into something better i'll keep you warm and that's that's not okay because she doesn't have to look pretty for him or anybody else she needs to be comfortable and warm i meant respect in the way that he should have let her make decisions on her own yeah so yeah and also one last thing that i thought was i didn't like cooper's character through the story I don't know why but he wasn't given a lot of development I feel That's true. I mean, yeah, he didn't really evolve or learn much as a character. He did go through some pretty bad things being framed for murder outed to everybody he knew before he was ready. But yeah, I think he handled some things really badly. Yeah. I think his breakup with Kelly as well was just really badly handled. like he didn't do it tactfully at all he was very abrupt he didn't really say things in the right way and although he didn't know what he was doing it wasn't an okay it wasn't an easy situation to handle he could have done it better and he walked out of her house knowing that he handled that badly knowing that he just been really really horrible to her about it but he didn't do anything about it after that he didn't like send a text being like i'm sorry that was badly handled can we still be friends nothing all of that only happens later and i feel like he could have handled that way way better and i think he didn't really grow in the way that maybe he the author could have had him grow throughout the story so yeah i agree okay so moving on uh to a character that we feel like we can learn from you want to go first Um basically just the way Addy broke free again. Yeah. For me again for li- reasons I listed before Jake do not be too much of a control freak because he did some very very questionable things in the story and he basically ruined like everything. And people are going to make mistakes, even big mistakes like the one Addy made. but you have to forgive eventually you can't just go off the rails and ruin your life and so many other people's because of one mistake that's not okay behavior so i guess i just want to keep that in mind as well like life isn't always going to go your way but you can handle things well and that will help yeah i agree with that moving on to something less depressing favorite couple so my favorite couple is nay and bronwyn they're kind of opposite to track like you know In the beginning of the book, Bronwyn's like this academic girl who wants to get into Yale and she doesn't have any boyfriends or anything. And Nate's like this bad boy who doesn't care much for anything. But throughout the book, they learn to care for each other and they fall in love. Uh my favorite couple is Ashton and Eli because uh the first time Eli sees Ashton, it says that he kind of does a double take. and i think that's really cute and although that's not anything out of the blue for ashton because she's a very pretty girl uh he does after that when she just wants to be friends take her on these elaborate not dates which she ends up enjoying and then they become a couple and then it all works out in the second book so they're a very cute couple yeah i don't know i just like them together yeah 
And also, it says that Eli kind of abandons his work to do whatever she wants. And I think that's very um, nice as well because he's so committed because Eli is very, very committed to his work. And I think it's nice that he takes the time out to like give her what she needs as well. Yeah, Ashton also deserves him because she's had a pretty rough time before. And Eli is the kind of person that'll help her through it. Yeah. This podcast is not sponsored by About That. For all of your accurate Bayview High gossip, be sure not to head over to our app to find something worth gossiping about. Disclaimer, we are not legally responsible for any emotional, social, personal, or otherwise effects our articles may cause. This includes suicidal thoughts and actions. Continuing, uh, here's our casting for the movie. There is already a movie on Peacock, but this is just who we think would portray the roles well. We haven't actually seen the movie because it's not available to us. So we don't we can't judge how good the casting and the movie is done, but we're sure that it's well done, you know. Yeah. So first character is Addie, and I thought Zendaya would be a good fit for her. Zendaya's acted in many films such as the two new Spider-Man movies, The Greatest Showman. You might know her as a first acting role, I think, as Casey Undercover on Disney. And I thought that even though Addie has blonde hair in the book, I think Zendaya could play the independent parts of her really well. Well, I agree that Zendaya would do it really well. She's a very, very powerful woman and I admired her a lot. Uh, But I'm a more traditional person when it comes to casting. So I would not agree with the race change because, like I said, I'm a very traditional person that way. I'd like to be like very faithful to the book. So I would actually rather go with Shea Rudolph. I think her only acting project so far has been in the Babysitter's Club, which is an ongoing Netflix TV series. Uh, she does a really great job. She is blonde and she's kind of young, I think 15 or 16 if I'm not mistaken. So I think that she would play the sort of insecure parts of Addie a little bit better than any experienced or older actress. And also she fits the look, like how I would imagine Addie. So, yeah. I agree that Shea Rudolph would be a great fit for Addie, but I don't think that she could play the part better than Zendaya could. Okay, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Yep. Moving on, Cooper. So I suggested that Tom Holland be a great fit in Orvi agrees, right? Yep. Uh, so. If you don't know Tom Holland, he's also in the two Spider-Man movies. I think he's been in like, I don't know. I think he was in this movie called Cherry that came out on Apple TV, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's so. also in this movie adaptation of a book called The Knife of Never Letting Go. Yeah. Which is coming out later. I don't know. We don't know him apart from the MCU. Yeah, true. I can just imagine Tom Holland playing Cooper. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all we have to say for this one. It's agreed upon. Yep. Moving on, Nate. So, I'm currently watching Vampire Diaries, so I thought that young Ian Somerhalder would be a great fit, but I actually chose him for another character afterwards, so I think he'd be a better fit for that. So, I think looking at Ian Somerhalder, he kind of gives me more of a bad guy look, and I see Nate as a very good guy, despite how he appears at the beginning he would look really good as Nate and I think he would do it really well too. 
I agree with your point about Ian Somerhalder, but I don't think that Zac Efron would be a great fit for Nate. He doesn't seem like he could play the cool part of Nate, if you know what I mean. Okay. I think I know what you mean, but I still completely disagree. I think he would be a great fit, so we're going to again agree to disagree on this one. Send us your thoughts. Voicemail in the description. Moving on to Bronwyn. I think that Nina Dobrev from Vampire Diaries again would be a great fit for Bronwyn. I had a few other actresses in mind, but I think she'd be the greatest fit. Okay, I agree too. I had no idea who she was, but now that I've looked up some pictures, I could totally see her playing Bronwyn. Yeah, so no discussion on that either. Moving on to Maeve. I don't know how her name is pronounced. It's spelled M-A-E-V-E. But I think that Jenna Ortega would be a really good fit for her because Maeve is, she's kind of mischievous. She's a leukemia survivor, just for context. And she's kind of spunky and she's very independent and determined and like smart. And in the movies and TV series that I've seen Jenna Ortega in, just for context, she's in a lot of Disney stuff. She seems to be quite spunky and she kind of fits what Maeve would look like and act like. So Yeah, for context, Maeve is Brown and Sister. So I could see uh, Nina Dobrev and Jenna Ortega playing sisters. So yeah, I can agree with that. Okay, next, uh, Jake. So I thought young Ian Somerhalder would be a great fit. Uh, in Vampire Diaries, he plays Damon. And for those of you who've watched Vampire Diaries, you know exactly what sort of character Damon is. And I think that he could play the bad guy really well. Yeah, I agree. I think that he would play Jake really, really well. Yeah, okay. Uh, also, he fits the visual description, like dark hair and blue eyes, so. Yeah, that's not the reason that I thought of him, but sure. <laughs> Next, we have Janae. So, she was Simon's best friend, and she kind of is an emo girl. She has combat boots and dyed hair and so there's this um lady called bianca Asolo and she's in work it the movie which stars sabrina carpenter and uh, in that movie she also plays like an emo girl and i think that the visual description really fits okay so moving on simon uh or we had an actor for simon so for simon the actor that i thought would play him really well was timothy chalamet He's in the new Dune movie that we mentioned earlier, and he sort of has that narrow-faced look that Simon is described having. I think that he would also play Simon's character really well as, like, who Simon is. He has some issues, uh, which I think Timothy Chalamet would portray really well. I'm not insulting Timothy Chalamet. That's not what it sounds like. He's a good actor, is what I'm trying to say. For some reason, I can see Timothy Chalamet playing Simon. Yeah. Okay, anyways, now more books by the author. The next book in the series is One of Us is Next. And that's about Browning's younger sister, Maeve, and her class. Both of us have read it. I didn't really like it as much as One of Us is Lying, but it was good on a whole. Yeah, I mean, it had the twist, which I was not expecting it to have because you can't get any crazier than the twist in One of Us is Lying. But it somehow still managed to be bizarre enough. But I don't know. I don't know which one I like better, honestly. I think it might have been One of Us is Lying just because it is the classic and the original. 
but One of Us is Next was also pretty good. So the third book in the series is One of Us is Back, which is going to be published in 2023. About the title, I didn't really like it a lot. It seems a little lame, but I'm sure the author has a reason to call it One of Us is Back. And maybe she's just saving the whole One of Us is Dead title for like the fourth book, so I'll give her that. Yeah, One of Us is Dead would be a cool title. It would. Yeah. Okay, the next two books are The Cousins and Two Can Keep a Secret. Both of them I've read. I haven't. Are they good? The Cousins, I think, was not that great. I didn't enjoy it that much. And Two two Can Keep a Secret also. I would say the One of Us is Lying series so far is better than both of them. But that's just my opinion. Okay. Yeah, my friend has the cousins and I'm eventually going to borrow it from her. It seems interesting. It also reminds me of this book by uh, somebody called E. Lockhart called We Were Liars, which I think both of us read and really, really loved. It was awesome. And I don't know, the plot, the whole cousins theme seems similar. Yeah. If you want to read it, read it. I honestly, it's just my opinion that I didn't like it that much. Maybe you like it. Yeah. Okay, so the next book is You'll Be the Death of Me, which is going to be published on the 30th of November, which is just a few days after this episode comes out, I think. And basically, it's about three people who who used to be friends, but now they've pretty much drifted apart. And it's about a death that happens in the same high school as they go to. So maybe they band together and figure it out like one of us is lying. It seems interesting. Yeah, I think this is on both of our to-be-read lists. Yeah. And lastly, we're going to talk about our ratings for the book out of five stars. Anika, you want to go first? Sure. So I thought the book would be a four out of five stars. On a whole, it was a really good book, but some of the problems that I addressed in this episode, like about Cooper's development, I just think it could have been expanded on. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also give it 4 out of 5 stars because I'm actually a very lenient rater, uh, generally. Uh, but I only give 5 stars to books which like absolutely blew me, blew me away. And this book didn't have a lot of like figurative language. It was told in a very direct way. And uh, I felt like it could have been a little bit more nuanced in its description of settings, characters, places. I, feel, I felt like the language was very like straightforward and I kind of like books which make it a little bit more interesting island metaphors and layers so I felt like that was what could have been different so four out of five stars from both of us okay that's the end of the episode well we hope you enjoyed leave us a review it'll really help us out send us a voicemail or email us both of the links are in the description uh share with fellow book lovers And don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. Next episode, we're going to be talking about And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. So tune in. And read the book ahead if you want. Uh, Send us any voicemails or emails with your thoughts about it, and we'll include it in the episode. If you find any interesting metaphors or you read between the lines in an interesting way, if you have a favorite character, any of that. Bye. Bye. randomly like throws in Sabrina Carpenter for no reason there.
like you know work in the movie which stars the real character who's the real character look up a google search guys we ain't telling you <laughs> what did i just say look up a google search <laughs>